the strategy is that ANZ is fundamentally rewiring ourselves and we're rewiring ourselves so that we can take full advantage of both the current and the emerging technology so that we can provide just a step change in value and interest and excitement and engagement for our customers, but then also for our employees and for our shareholders. Miley Carnegie's full title is Group Executive Digital Banking at ANZ. She's been with ANZ about 14 months after being poached from Google, where she was the managing director of Google Australia. Prior to that, she was with the American pharmaceutical giant Procter & Gamble. It's going well, actually. So, you know, I kind of break up the my tenure into a couple of different phases. So there was kind of the first three months where I'm not a banker. I mean, I was just kind of trying to figure out what basically bankers do. You think you know, but actually kind of getting beneath the hood. Um, and then there was probably about six months. It was more really focused on, on strategy. Uh, but more recently, uh, my focus has been on really driving capability and then kind of getting into execution. But the thing for me that's been really exciting is the openness of both my boss but also my peers um, and the kind of senior leaders to really to be open for change and to try new and different things and and also to not just do those in incremental ways but to actually have a decent crack at stuff that stuff that's going to move the needle and uh, I think it's relatively rare this day these days in business particularly I think Australian business for um for a leadership team to both have uh, uh, courage but also humility, humility to learn but then courage to try new things in a meaningful way. So it's been fun. It's been good. I might ask some questions just focusing on the internal side of things first. Um, New ways of working, we just did an episode about it and it's all the rage at the moment. Um, What sort of tools digitally are you you trying to introduce and I guess what what do you reckon staff need in that space at the moment to to make sense of this, this agile transformation? Uh, I'm actually not going to answer your question the way you've answered it because for me the digital tools are the least important thing, right? And and I don't want to, and this is going to sound overly dramatic, but to demean the new way of working by trying to suggest that the technology is the, the core of it. Um, for me it is so much more about a fundamentally new leadership construct and, and teaching new leadership and collaboration and management tools, that those are the critical things and the technology is really along there for the ride, right? So for me, it doesn't really matter. I shouldn't say this to because I'm friends with Scott, Scott Farquhar, but it doesn't really matter whether you're using the Atlassian suite or any. I mean, there's a lot of technology, off-the-shelf technology tools to support the new ways of working. But again, for me, it is fundamentally a leadership uh, journey more than anything else. Mm. One of the things that Shane mentioned in in the first podcast we did was that um, when you're doing digital transformations and whilst everyone's trying to go digital, the danger is you just you're just doubling up. You're actually just creating digital assets that, that mimic your other assets. Yeah. Um, is that something you're worried about here and in this transformation? I think. I mean, there there is there is a great deal of inefficiency in large organizations so there's always going to be that that risk there's going to be dub, there are double ups all over the place that we need to to clean up but i'm not as i'm not particularly worried about it at the bank because we have defined what we're trying to achieve in a very structural way versus in a highly executional way so if i'd come into the bank and uh, and Shane had said, okay, Miley, basically your role is to create shiny new apps and just focus on some kind of cool, you know, digital little fireworks and sprinkles and fairy dust, then absolutely I'd be like, holy smokes, I'm really worried about it. 
I wouldn't have joined the bank, by the way, if that's how what he'd been asking me to come in. But I think you you need to be concerned about about what you're talking about, that inefficiency or doubling up if you are defining the program as being executional versus what we're doing, which is we've fundamentally de- defined the problem as first and foremost strategic. Secondly, about culture and capability, and then you get on to driving the execution. Mm. I quite like the idea of digital sprinkles and fireworks, though. So if, if somebody makes that, I, I'm up for that. They are cool when you do get them. <laughs> um, a big part of what you've been doing is also bringing some new people into the bank yeah. um, and I guess a different cut of person. Um, can you just talk us through some of the people you brought on and what, what they're adding? Okay. Uh, so I think there is, uh, if you just look at the characteristics, like, so obviously I'm bringing in some people who've got some particular functional domains, but even before you get to the functional domain, uh, really what we I'm looking for is what a company like an Amazon or a Google would call a smart creative. And what that means is we're look, I'm looking for individuals who are able to both think in a very logical and deductive way, but also have the capacity and capability and are interested in thinking inductively or creatively at the same time. Um, you know, someone like a Roger Martin, who who is kind of a classic design thinking guru, would talk about you're looking for people with opposable minds or people who are actually using both spheres of their brain or hemispheres of their brain equally, right? So that's they're, they're kind of like the Nirvana hires when you can find people who are able to, to do that. So there's kind of a filter for that. And really, there's also a massive filter for the right leadership and values. Um, and only after we get there, do you start, I start looking at, okay, now what, what's the, the functional mastery? So um, some of the functional mastery that we're really, I've been looking for is really consistent with, again, we sat down, Shane and Exco and I sat down and said, okay, what are the capabilities we really need to drive? And we talked about needing to have capabilities in data and analytics, another one in customer proposition development, and another one in kind of innovation and kind of commercial nous. Um, and the, the last one was in kind of simplification and technology. So I'm not really focused on the simplification and technology. I've kind of been focusing on the first three. So what I've been looking for are these kind of smart creatives that demonstrate the, the leadership and the, and the cultural values we want, but then who are, you know, functionally experts in data, in customer proposition development and in innovation and, uh, and commercialization. So, you know, bringing in someone like an Emma Gray, who's got a wonderful data background, someone like the combination of a Sveta, who is the new, um, you know, uh, marketing, uh, head of marketing, and also creating an affairs role, which is the head of design. Those two were going to be a wonderful pairing in terms of customer proposition development. And obviously, we're also starting to flesh out our innovation, that kind of commercial nous with people like Jennifer Scott and, and probably a couple more people we'll bring on. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, because I've seen you uh, speak in the past about saying that that changing the culture is actually one of the, the hardest things, but also gives you a bunch of leverage. And, is, and if you can do it, that's that's where the money is. Yeah. Um, I guess, how would you describe the culture here, uh, good and bad? And, and yeah. what do you think the challenges are? So for me, I think that some of the things I love about, about the culture is there... Um, there is, in general, uh, um, an incredible uh, willingness to, to help people, and 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 this, and this sounds really naff, but there people are really nice here, right? And I'm I'm highly extroverted, so being in an environment that is full of 
not nice people. You can choose whatever word you want to describe them, but not nice people. I, it, I, I find that very difficult. So I know it sounds ridiculous, but having a culture of people who are genuinely nice people that you want to spend time with them is not only very helpful for someone like myself who's an extrovert, but for an innovation standpoint, that's also really critically important. So I think that's one of that's a really key strength of ours. Another strength of ours um, is that while we need to step change it relative, I think, to a number of our peers, we are significantly more customer centric, right? So again, that doesn't mean we 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 can't get better, but I think we're our starting place is much stronger than um, than another a number of other companies. So so uh, and then and then the the, the third one is. I actually, again, when I go around, I compare and contrast us to some some of our peers. There is a real pride in um, in the craft of being a banker, right? That is also not to be underestimated. And actually, it's the thing that I have tried to spend quite a lot of my time learning because I think it's really easy to come into an industry and kind of see all the things which are different to what you're used to. But assuming different means that don't that they're wrong, I think is 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 not necessarily the smart thing to do. So um, there is a, a huge amount of pride, I think, about being bankers and the role that we play, um, which you see playing out in the passion that's been unleashed and things like the purpose of the company, which, again, I think is another huge asset of ours. Um, you said to me, what are the things that we, we're going to need to change? I think one of the big ones is, and this is probably the, the flip side of the fact that we're very nice, is that I think there is a, a huge hesitation to give people constructive feedback um, and to really have difficult and hard conversations. Um, and, you know, if to really succeed in, in, you know, in difficult innovation, you need to be able to say, you know, your equivalent of a baby, your product, is ugly, right? It, it needs to, you know, that's, that's, you know, and, and we need to start figuring out within our culture, how do we have those transparent and honest and, you know, conversations in a way which people don't take personally? Because at the moment in the culture, it feels like those conversations are personalized. Um, and one of the, I, was, I mean, the way I've described it previously is, you know, I'm used to working in cultures where as long as you're attacking the, the problem, it's fair game, right? And, you know, there's actually a re- people relish an argument, right? And you will actually see people taking the opposite side to an argument that they actually don't believe with just to keep an, an argument going to just to make sure that you've, you've got to, you've, you've really explored all kind of angles. And as long as you are focused on the problem, then that's fine. The only thing that's off limit is going after the person. And so it's like, how do we culturally kind of get to a similar place versus every time you attack the ball, people assume you're attacking the man. Mm. Um, I had the pleasure today of going to one of the branches and doing some interviews there and um, spoke with a couple of the, the tellers, some of them who'd been here for you know upward of 15 years. And um, they described themselves a little nervously as being old school. Yeah. Um, is being old school still a good thing for, for a bank in any way? Well, you know, I think that there's wonderful things. I mean, if you say, if you define old school as being people who are expert in the craft of banking, if you describe old school as people who have grown up in an era where looking, getting to know and look after the customer is really important, um, you know, if, if you describe those things in old school, then they are, they are incredibly important, right? I think that, 
you know the 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 part of old school which is is problematic is if you don't have the will or the mindset to continue to modernize and sharpen your skills right so your ability to deliver on those wonderful attributes the ability to be an extraordinary banker to really care about and want to deliver great customer experiences and service um you you know the tools you need to do that today are just different so so for me actually you know, the best, the people I love working with in the bank are old school bankers who have kept their skills modern and, and contemporary. But do you have any sympathy for those people who, who are freaked out by the, the new tools and freaked out by technology and um, don't wake up every morning as excited about it as you are? Like, yeah, <laughs> how, how do you bring them with you yeah. as employees? I mean, obviously, and, um, you know, the... And and the the trick is that you know there's going to be there's got to be some sort of meeting in the middle, right? So if you know, so as a as an organisation, we need to make sure that we are giving people the time and the tools to learn. Uh, but on the other side, you know, the the people who are nervous need to also kind of extend the olive branch the other way and say, okay, even though this isn't something that I. Net- you know, naturally love or is going to be how I kind of get my kicks, I'm going to have to continue to renew myself and I'm going to have to continue to learn. So so I think for me it's a meeting in the middle versus, you know, one side extending all the way over or the other side. So, you know, so yes, I absolutely have, have empathy um, and, you know, we just need to make sure that it's a, it's, it's a mutual, you know, plan or objective. Sure. Um, as a last question, I guess focusing on these these internal questions yeah. a little bit more, where do you th- see things changing the next five ten years internally? What's it going to be like for people coming to work at ANZ? Yeah. you know, in in the coming years. Yeah, uh, look, I think it's going to be it's going to be really fun because I, what what you are hopefully going to see are a couple of things. One is that the overall just pace of what we're doing is going to ramp up significantly. That doesn't mean that we're working necessarily harder. It doesn't mean we're working longer hours. It just means that our output is going to be higher, right? Because, you know, we are going to make sure that with things like the new way of working, that we are empowering people to make more decisions. There is less bureaucracy. There's less just kind of oversight that doesn't add value. Um, so I think that, you know, most people, uh, myself included, when I see that uh, the that my my work or my kind of sweat equity actually delivers an, an outcome for the customer or for someone I work with or for shareholder, if it actually produces something, that is a that's a happy day for me. It's when I kind of turn up to work and I feel like I've just shuffled paper all day and I've been battling to get sign-offs. That's not a happy day for me. So I think that's probably consistent with many people. So so hopefully, you know, or not, what the plan is over the next five years, we're going to have a business which is just moving at pace and that kind of time to value creation for, um, for our customers is going to be much shorter and the impact will be much greater. Um, hopefully the other thing that people will see is that we have in some ways a simpler business um, that we have a lot less complexity which again is going to help with the with the speed but on the other hand that we're actually you know within five years getting into some new revenue streams some new businesses that we would never have thought we'd be in um, don't ask me what those are going to be we're still kind of working on them but we have on one hand a much simpler kind of business but on the other hand it's a business which is because we're adding so much value to our customers they're willing to give us more of their of their business so um so it should be exciting 
Miley Carnegie there, the group executive of digital banking at ANZ. 